1: This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50 and use code TalkTV50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TalkTV50 at Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50 to get 50% off. Off. Hello, everybody, anyway. This is Joe Franklin from Memory Lane. I want to tell you, you're listening to Ed Robertson on TV Confidential is one of my very favorite listening habits. I urge
2: you to keep listening to Ed. He's the best of the best in the talk show field. Ed, congratulations.
1: Ed Robertson is a reminder that legendary record producer Simon Napier-Bell will join us. Later on in the hour, we hope to stay tuned for that. And speaking of the British invasion, we'll continue with more of our special edition of the Sounds of Lost Television, in which Phil Grace and I took a look at how Network Television News covered the arrival of the Beatles in the United States in February 1964. This segment originally aired January 2014.
3: <laughs> The
2: Beatles, who started their act at the waterfront pubs of Liverpool, are now clicking off $5,000 a week in one-night stands. They have sold two and a half million records. They lead the hit parade. They get the biggest fan mail on record. They have inspired the sheepdog hairdo. They are also credited with having saved the sagging British corduroy industry. And besides being merely the latest objects of adolescent adulation and, culturally, the modern manifestation of compulsive tribal singing and dancing, the Beatles are said by sociologists to have a deeper meaning. Some say they are the authentic voice of the proletariat. Some say they are the authentic heart of Britain in revolt against the American cult of pop singers represented by Elvis Presley and the long line of his British imitators. Some say the Beatles represent authentic British youth, or British youth as it would like to be, self-confident, natural, direct, decent, vital, throbbing. The Beatles themselves seem to have no illusions. They symbolize the 20th century non-hero as they make non-music where non-haircuts give non-mercy. And meanwhile, yeah, 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 the fan mail keeps rolling in and so does the money. This is Alexander
1: Kendrick in Beatle Alexander Kendrick giving a non report on the non music of, of the Beatles, uh, uh, the originally aired November 21st, 1963, on the CBS Evening News audio courtesy of our friend Phil Grice, ATVAudio.com. Again, very interesting, Phil. This is um, the word that just pops in my head. Is, it's authentic because it is, at one point, they were interviewed in their, in their dressing room either just before or just after they took the stage. And this is, even, even already experts were trying to make sense and, you know, extract meaning from it, whereas, you know, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, they're in the moment. They're just figuring, okay, we're just, we're, we're just doing our thing.
3: While both CBS and NBC did show footage from the Winter Gardens Theater in Bournemouth What makes this production so uh, unique was that there was an interview Mm -hmm. with the Beatles in their dressing room, which NBC did not do. So even though CBS is uh, three days later, John Dossett, the reporter who interviews the Beatles, that was extremely uh, refreshing because we're hearing from them off stage and getting a little bit of their feedback. I love when Paul says he was asked, um, do you think audiences will be will tire of you soon? I mean, they just began, <laughs> no. And then, and then Paul says, you know uh, you know that, that's that's stupid to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. So right. And, and as we know, it's 50 years later yeah. and uh, they, they certainly are iconic and legendary.
1: Now let's go back to something, I th- think you said this in our first segment. <clears throat> okay this, uh, this CBS clip that we just heard aired November 23rd, 63. Was it in October that Sullivan happened to see them perform, or was it earlier in '63?
3: In 1963, uh, October 31st, okay. that is when Ed Sullivan signed them and saw them at Heathrow Airport. So it's prior to these November broadcasts. So
1: he just happened to see them at the airport. Yeah, see, it, it, okay, so it was fortuitous. Okay, so he didn't wonderful. see them perform, but he knew, he knew right, where they were. and right.
3: And uh, they were getting some play in America. Yeah. But it was going nowhere. Uh, they were huge in, in England, but uh, not anywhere near that success in America up until the point where they started getting this press coverage. And certainly once they went on the Sullivan Show, you know, history has changed.
1: Okay, so uh, Sullivan spots the Beatles at Heathrow Airport in London, uh, October 31st, 64, makes the deal. 63, makes the deal. Let's fast forward to February 7th, 64, the Friday before their appearance on The Sullivan Show. Uh, We're going to listen to Mike Wallace cover the arrival of the Beatles at John F. Kennedy Airport.
3: CBS Morning News, the day the Beatles arrive at JFK Airport. (laughs)
4: What do you think your music does to most people? Uh, uh, it's not it's not well, well uh, it pleases them, I think. Well, uh, they must do because they're buying it. Why does it excite them so much? We don't know really. I'm if we knew, we'd form another group and be managers.
2: Aren't you afraid of what the American Barbers Association going
4: to think? Well, we've grown quicker than the English ones. We'll have a go in. <laughs> did he get a haircut at all? No. No, no, no. no. I had one yesterday. <laughs> 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 <That's a> lie. <laughs> no lie. No. no, he didn't. No, No, You should have seen him the day before. It's man. let's talk that you represent some kind of a social rebellion. It's a dirty lie.
1: <laughs> no,
4: dirty lie. Do you think there's anything sociological? I seen it. But I don't believe it, said a veteran
1: airport worker. Said a longtime airport policeman, I think the world has gone mad. Mike Wallace reporting on the CBS Morning News, uh, Friday, February 7th, 1964, two days before the Beatles' historic appearance on the Ed Sullivan show, audio courtesy of Phil Grice, ATVAudio.com. Well, this what well, was very striking for me, Phil, is just listening to uh, The Rapport during the uh, the impromptu press conference and just uh, lis- listening to them play with the reporters. It reminded me of a lot of the dialogue and the feel of Hard Day's Night, where they're just having <laughs> fun. And, and you don't know what's scripted and what's not, but it's just fun.
3: You know, they were really having a good time. Yeah. They were not taking all of this very seriously, and they were constantly being... Uh, uh, harassed in quotes about their haircuts. I mean, everything was about the Beatle mop and the Beatle haircut. I love when, at the end of that piece, Mike Wallace says, uh, "Quote: I, I think the world has gone mad, but only these elders were thinking that." Right. As we heard, these fans—they—they were—they were in heaven.
1: Right. It goes back to what we said uh, a little bit earlier, uh, vis-a-vis Edwin Newman. That's clear evidence of the generational split. Major. Absolutely. We are listening to uh, audio of how network television, network television news in particular, covered the Beatles' uh, first year in America, at least their introduction to the American scene, audio courtesy of Phil Grice of Archival Television Audio, ATBAudio.com. This segment with Phil originally aired in January 2014 to commemorate the then 50th anniversary of the Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item, if you're like me and want to eat better this year, our friends at Factor have more than 35 inexpensive, pre-prepared, ready-to-heat and ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, restaurant-quality, and dietitian approved meals that will make eating better, every day fun and delicious, and your weekly meal planning a whole lot easier with no prepping, no cooking, and no cleanup necessary. Check out that stuff by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk. TV50. If you go to Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50, you'll find more than 35 different options a week to choose from that are ready to eat and, best of all, less expensive than takeout. Sign and save right now by going to Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50 and use code TalkTV50 to get 50% off your order. Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50. Use promo code TalkTV50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TV 50 at VectorMeals.com forward slash TALKTV50 to get 50% off.
0: Hi everybody, this is your cousin and, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin
1: In a previous segment, we played the segment of The Beatles' appearance on The Sullivan Show. Later that night on CBS... Uh, On the the CBS uh, Sunday night, late night evening news, CBS did another report on the Beatles.
3: This was a very interesting uh, piece of audio that uh, I found in the uh, archive. Here we have CBS Sunday late news with Harry Reisner, and at the end, typically Eric Severide would give a um, commentary. And the night of uh, February 9th, Uh, after the Beatles had appeared live on television on The Ed Sullivan Show, Severite comes on with his commentary, and it's quite interesting to go back 50 years and listen to his point of view with regard to his appraisal of the Beatles.
4: The British Beatles broke out here in New York on top of an epidemic of the German measles. Unlike measles, Beatles strikes teenagers almost exclusively, but the symptoms are the same fever, and an itching rash that produces contortions on the part of the victims. The Beatles have drawn bigger and happier crowds than did President Johnson on any of his visits to New York City. They are living at the elegant Edwardian Hotel Plaza. Until now, the most precipitous action observed there has been the growth of the potted palms, and the plaza is taking it hard. The four Beatles wear what was described when women did it as the rusty hacksaw hairdo. They play electrified guitars, banjos, and other things. They also sing, but this is not regarded as essential because the Bobby Soxers in the audience provide most of the sounds. Critics disagree as to whether their harmony is diatonic or pandeatonic. Political historians disagree as to their social significance. One school holds that they are an expression of isolationism from world affairs. In other words, Britain, fairly withdrawn into her island now, ...is behaving as we did in our isolationist 20s and 30s when we produced flagpole sitters and goldfish swallowers. Another school takes the view that the Beatles are a form of reverse land lease... ...done in revenge for the Americanization of England through Coca-Cola skyscrapers and horse operas. In these matters, Britain is currently enjoying a favorable balance of trade. Of 26 Broadway stage productions recently, eight were predominantly British... There are rather few American actors working in London, and Actors' Equity wants a little more cooperation. The arrival of the Beatles suggests another matter for Anglo-American cooperation. Both countries have a society for the prevention of cruelty to children, as well as one for the prevention of cruelty to animals, but neither has a society for the prevention of cruelty to
1: adults. Eric Severide weighing in with his thoughts on the Beatles' impact on America from a report that originally aired February ninth, nineteen sixty four on the Sun on the CBS Sunday late night news, a couple of hours after the Beatles appearance live on the Ed Sullivan show, also on CBS television. And and, and again it's 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 interesting what one of the common themes of our conversation is just looking at you know i i don't want to say resistance but again it just it goes back to the it goes back to the cultural gap between one generation and another several i used the term pandiatonic which is a musical term i'm i'm not a musical scholar and i'm just making a quick reference here but if if i have the distinction correctly diatonic has to do with a classical harmonic composition Pandeotonic is like the opposite of that which is i guess noise so <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he also stated something so incorrectly he mentioned that they also play the banjo. I don't know where he got that from. And I love the fact that he says the reverse le- uh uh Lend-Lease and uh, at the end prevention for cruelty of adults.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, that's we're strange. we're we were talking amongst each other before we started recording. There are still adults today who believe the Beatles are a fad. Now I'm no expert on these things, but I I would think if something continues to endure 50 years after the fact, I think you've passed the fad stage.
3: (laughs) There are always those people out there. There are people who don't believe Columbus ever existed. So, uh, you know, we take it for granted that uh, there are always exceptions out there. But most of us, we really now appreciate uh, what... um, the Beatles were able to contribute in the way of music and and changing the the, the population culture.
1: Well, one guy who did not appreciate uh, the Beatles' impact on American music and American popular culture was a radio host named Barry Gray, who did a... Now, was he a talk show host? Yes, he 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 he
3: was a talk show host. He had guests on. He had all kinds of different... Subjects that were discussed, usually late night. And um, here we're going to, again, have another example. Barry Gray editorializing his feeling about the poverty of our musical taste. And this was the following night, uh, February 10th, 1964.
0: Much more difficult to talk to the Beatles than it is with President Johnson. They arranged tonight a press conference in quotes which took two hours. I mean, there were two hours given over to the various people in town to interviewing the Beatles. I understand that the guest list comprised 120, which figured out means that even if you ran them through on a transmission belt, each interviewer would get exactly one minute. And uh, I'm hard-pressed to understand how you can get anything from the Beatles in one minute, although I must confess that it only took President Roosevelt seven minutes to declare war on Japan. I don't imagine it would take me more than a minute to declare war on the Beatles. As a matter of fact, having seen last night's Ed Sullivan show, in its entirety, in its entirety, and I want to state here and now, he owes me money for that experience, and I don't work cheap for that kind of a program, Uh, I would find it comparatively easy to declare absolute conflagration in about 15 seconds. I would start with Barbara shears. I hear that they're very interesting young men, they're well educated, they have good musical background, they speak uh, wonderfully, they're most literate, they read the newspapers, uh, they look upon this whole thing as kind of a gag, and I'm delighted to hear it, because I feel exactly the same way, and so we're together.
1: Barry Gray weighing in with, with his two cents on the appearance of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, from commentary that originally aired on WMCa Radio, February tenth, nineteen sixty four. Now, part of what a talk show host does is says stuff to invoke listener re- response, to pick up the phone and either agree or, mo- or, in this case, disagree with him. So he's, you know, he's he's trying to work up the audience, correct?
3: Oh yeah. And, and and very effectively yeah. so. I, I love when he said that Ed Sullivan now owes some money because he he literally uh watched the complete broadcast. Yeah. I mean, think about the uh the good spot. <laughs> on his part like others where the Beatles were basically as he stated they are a gag or they're short term. I mean, that was the mindset
1: That that was the mindset, but uh, because we are a full-service radio talk show uh, about television and we try to present both sides, we've got two more clips that Phil has put together for us that uh, uh, show the other side of the equation, and we will play those clips and more when we play part two of our special edition of The Sounds Lost Television from January 2014, how network TV news covered the arrival of the Beatles in February 1964, next week on TV Confidential. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, take a quick time out. Then legendary record producer Simon Napier-Bell will join us right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at Confidential.net. talk at Confidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash
4: are looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California,
0: call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.